Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues the Bible series on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, Faith is the Victory that Overcomes the World. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 6. Now here is our Bible teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, you, in your eternal plan, you have delivered us, saved us. You have caused us to triumph in your Son, Jesus Christ, who defeated the devil, who defeated sin, the world, death, who defeated all our enemies. He has granted us salvation and freedom. Lord, help us to be soldiers of the cross. May we not hide in a cave, fearful of the world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We are God's people, saved people, delivered from all bondage. We are triumphant. We are victorious in the victory of Christ. And if you are defeated, miserable, confused, depressed, listen to the word of God that I will declare to you today. Believe the gospel. And you shall be delivered that you can be triumphant. It is the destiny of the church to be triumphant. Come out of the caves and the holes into which you have retreated. Stand up, arise. Our God is with us. Saint John, the apostle said in his first epistle, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith Faith trusts in the living and true God. Faith trusts in his promises. And faith obeys God's commands exactly, immediately, and with great delight. And such people shall see God's victory. We have been looking at the book of Joshua. Joshua, the new leader of Israel. God told him, Joshua, be strong in the Lord. And be careful to do everything I have told you. You cannot enjoy victory and liberation when we don't believe and do what he tells us to do. Faith is the victory. Faith means obedience. You cannot believe and refuse to obey. Faith without works is dead. It is the devil's faith. So Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. Don't be terrified. Be careful to do everything I have commanded you. And before the kingdom of God... And before God's people, 
the gates of Jericho shall collapse. The gates must collapse. The walls must collapse. This is God's promise. Nothing can stand before God. He is the way. So first, let us look at the preparation God requires of us. Before we engage in serious spiritual battle. You remember Israel miraculously crossed the mighty Jordan. And then we are told in chapter 5. They have been circumcised. And they have celebrated the Passover. Crossing Jordan has reference to regeneration. God's people are regenerated, made alive, raised from the dead by a mighty, supernatural, monergistic, miraculous work of God. And then they are circumcised. That speaks about baptism. They are declaring that they belong to God. They belong to God's covenant. They are covenant people of God. They are not autonomous beings doing their own things. They belong to God. They surrender to God. They submit to God. They do the will of God. That's what baptism means. They identify themselves with the Lord. And not only that, they celebrated Passover, which stands for the Lord's Supper. They enjoyed that fellowship with the God. So these are the people of God then. Now what are the believing people of God to do? What are they to do? Is there anything for a Christian to do? There are people who would say I received Christ and that's the end of it. No, 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 no. If we are people of God then we have some work to do. They are not to be passive. They have to fight the Lord's battles. As Christians, we have a battle to fight. And so, in the book of Ephesians, St. Paul tells us, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Oh, I see we have an enemy. We have the devil against us. We have sin within us against us. We have the world against us. Take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Christians are not to be passive and retreating and complacent. Christian life is not a life of ease in Zion. Christian life is a war every moment until death. But take courage. The captain of the Lord's army is with us. Chapter 5 of Joshua 13 through 15 tells us 
that we are not alone. God himself is with us. He is with his people who will submit to his leadership, government, direction, command. Are you his people? Then you will submit to his leadership. He is none other than the Almighty himself. As he dried up the Red Sea, as he dried up the mighty Jordan, he shall fight against Jericho and all the cities of Canaan. And he shall defeat for you all your enemies, all his enemies. That's what I believe. Because that's what the scripture is telling us. And so look at the towering fortress of Jericho. And we read that Jericho was built on 10 acres of land at the most. It has thick towering walls to protect its inhabitants who worshipped the moon god. Jericho was located 10 miles northwest of the Dead Sea. And today it is called Tel Es Sultan. In the time of Joshua, it would have taken less than 30 minutes to go around the city once. And there was water there. It is called Ain Es Sultan, the spring of Sultan. So they are looking at Jericho. Thick walls, towering walls, bolted gates. But do not be afraid of the Amorites and the Canaanites. Think about it. They are scared of you. This is what the scripture declares. But Satan tells us the lie that we are scared of them. Don't believe it. The unbeliever is terrified by the mighty move of the kingdom of God. Their hearts, we are told, melt. Turn with me to chapter 2 and verse 11 of Joshua. Listen to the story of Rahab. When we heard of it, how God dried up the Red Sea. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. You know why you are scared? If you are, you sin. It is sin that causes us to be afraid of the world. The righteous is as bold as a lion. Turn to chapter 2, verse 24. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of you. Turn to chapter 5, verse 1. See, God... Not only dried up the Red Sea, but he just dried up the mighty Jordan. We preached about this last time. And the news came to the Amorites and the Canaanites who dwelt there. Now listen to it now. When all the Amorite kings west of Jordan, which of course includes the king of Jericho, and all the Canaanite kings along the coast 
heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over their hearts melted and they no longer had courage to face the Israelites. Have you ever thought about this? Is he speaking about the church? Speaking about you? If you trust in Jesus Christ and if you surrender to the captain of the Lord's army, if you obey him, you are on the march. The Amorites and Canaanites are on the retreat. Look at chapter 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up. Why? Because of the Israelites. They are afraid. They had heard of the Lord drying up Red Sea 40 years before. Recently, they heard of the defeat of the mighty Amorite kings, Sihon and Og. Remember that? And they also heard of the recent, the latest miracle of God drying up the mighty Jordan. They heard Israelites have crossed over. They are already in the land. They are facing them in front of the city of Jericho. But unlike Rahab, the king of Jericho would not believe the Lord and surrender to him and be saved. I believe, had he come out and surrendered and submitted as Rahab did, God would have saved that entire city. But you see, he refuses to surrender. He's trusting in his walls and in his shut gates, challenging God to come in. The idea is you cannot come in. We have thick walls, powerful gates, iron gates, barred and locked and tightly shut to keep God out. Is there anybody like that here all your life? trying to keep God out. He decided, the king of Jericho, to oppose the heavenly captain of the Lord's army. The gate of Jericho shut tightly to the Lord and his people. But the Lord is marching on. And he will never take a U-turn. He goes forward. Who can resist him? The Red Sea divides, Jordan dries up, mighty Amorite kings are utterly defeated. Now can the gate of Jericho prevent the Lord from his onward movement? He is the way. The walls and the gates must fall before him. Faith is the victory. That overcomes the world. The Bible says. Be self-controlled. And alert. Your enemy the devil. Prowls around like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Him resist. Standing firm in the faith. You cannot disobey God. And resist the devil. You tried it. It never worked. 
And let me tell you, how come the church doesn't enjoy the victory because we sin? Faith means obedience to God's will to the minutest detail. Him resist standing firm in the faith. He shall flee from you. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The question then is how can we topple Jericho? Oh, of course, carnal mind would come up with various ways. You consult generals. Give them the problem and they will solve it. They would say, well, you have to bring a ladder to climb up the wall or build a ramp up to the top of the wall or bring battering ramps and put a hole in the wall or build a tunnel underneath the wall and get into the city or starve the people to death with a long siege or Number five, use some subterfuge, some form of deception. And they do this in warfare. Well, <laughs> that's the way we come up with ideas. Say, trust in the Lord and what? Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So number two is divine command. Don't solve problems by listening to our own understanding. Look to God. He's the way. He's a personal God. He communicates. He tells us how to do it. So what is the way of the Lord? Listen, Isaiah tells us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways. We should be ashamed of ourselves because so many times we listen to our own counsel or we sought everybody else's counsel but we didn't seek God's counsel. The natural man does not understand God's ways. They are offensive and foolishness to him. But to us who believe the way of God is the power of God unto salvation. So what is God's way? Joshua marched around the city during the seven days of the feast of the path of the unleavened bread. He says, and the wall shall collapse. And the people will go up straight into the city from every direction. Sounds silly. But that's what God said. This sounds nonsense, but it is the word of God. Believe and act upon it in every detail, and you shall have complete victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. No ladder, no battering rams, <laughs> no tunneling, no siege, and no subterfuge. Just walk around. So let us listen carefully to the commander's instruction. This war is the war of the Lord. It is his war, not our war. And he is with us and he has his strategy. 
And he is used to war. He is a warrior savior. He is with us to judge and to save. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so let us look at his strategy. Look at chapter 6 and verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, see, behold. Look at it by the eye of faith, behold. I have given you, that's the word, I have given you the city and the king and all the fighting men in it. What does that mean? It means salvation is by grace, through faith. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Oh, we are called to fight and all that that is true but it is he who gives us the victory Joshua I have given it to you that's a promise hold on to it number two march around the city once for six days not twice for six days but once for six days it will only take 30 minutes. Number three. March around the city seven times on the seventh day. See, kids, you listen to your father and obey what he tells you. Exactly the way he tells you. We are always trying to manipulate and negotiate and delay and deny. And we want victory. You will never taste victory. Because you are not walking by faith. Faith is obedience to God's commands. In all its fullness and details. Well you may say. Lord I know you are captain of the Lord's army. But it's a lot of waste of time. I mean you can do it and we like action. Isn't that true? We like action. And you can do it just like that. You created the whole universe. By just speaking it. Now why do you take all this time? Seven days. You see, God tests our faith. You don't tell him how he should do. He tells you how he would do. And you are asked to believe. And you are asked to respond. You are asked to obey and enjoy the victory that he will achieve. You have to be patient about it. <laughs> God told Abram that he will have children. And it took 25 years before he saw a son. We are impatient people. God wants us to be patient and believing at the same time. Number four, you cannot march the way you want to march. He will tell you how you must march. First goes armed men with the sword in their hand. Then seven priests blowing the trumpets continually, the jubilee trumpets. The idea here is announcing the coming of the king. God is coming. That's what the announcing, it must be continuous blowing of the trumpets. And we are told when he comes again, there will be trumpet sounds. 
it is saying that king of kings and lord of lords is coming and then the ark comes ark follows carried on the shoulders by the priests and then the rear guard again armed men with sword in that order you change the order god will be displeased and there is no victory let's apply that to our own life how come some of you haven't seen victory impatient lack of faith disobedience disorder rejection of divine government and and not only that we are told the people should not speak there should be absolute silence now tell me it is the most difficult thing for human beings to keep our mouth shut and here these people were told you cannot speak even one word st james tells us the impossibility of disciplining the tongue and the only god can do it the spirit of god that's what happened in acts chapter 2 they spoke in tongues as the spirit gave them utterance first time the spirit took control of the tongues of god's people and they began to declare the wonders of god i mean can you imagine thousands upon thousands of people walking and not speaking one word discipline order god is commanding you fear him there's nothing wrong with thinking divine thoughts but don't you speak anything god said so in chapter 6 and verse 10 and then seventh day when you complete the seventh going around the priests are to give a long blast on the trumpets as a signal to people and Joshua the visible commander will also give a signal at which time first time in 7 days in this procession they will what give a great shout there is a time to shut up and there is a time to shout the idea here is a disciplined and orderly people of god God's authority functions in in its every detail and all the people together must shout turn with me to the book of numbers chapter 23 and verse 21 tells you what the shout is all about numbers 23 21 no misfortune is seen in Jacob no misery observed in Israel the Lord their God is with them and notice the shout of the king is among them and you know in eli you can go home and look at first samuel 4 and verse 5 israel was defeated and then they brought the ark and they gave a great shout nothing happened you can make all your noise it means nothing unless we are disciplined and we are moving in obedience to god's order in other words shouting has no meaning unless there is discipline 
and faith and obedience and holiness. Then shout means God is with us. There it is, the Lord our God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. It is a shout to intimidate citizens of Jericho. And it is a shout that encourages the people of God. We are moving forward. That's why we shout. It's not just a mechanical formula. Only when we walk in the way of the Lord, our shout means something. And then it is said, at that shout, the walls will collapse and everyone goes straight up. But it is not totally true. Some walls will collapse. Every part of the wall did not collapse. You remember that? Which one? Well, where Rahab was living, it didn't collapse. See, this is when God comes, he judges and he saves every time. And then look at the instruction. Deposit in the Lord's treasury all the valuables. Gold, silver, vessels of bronze and vessels of iron. It belongs to the Lord. This is the fresh fruit belonging to the Lord. God gives the warning. Don't steal it. Don't take it. It is the Lord's. But here today we are told, test me. Test me. I will open the windows of heaven. It belongs to him. When you steal that, he says, don't do it. Take the whole thing. It belongs to him who is the warrior. It is he who won the fight. This is the first fruit of the cities of Canaan. It belongs to him. Put in the treasury. It's divine order. Number nine. Save Rahab and all her family. It's divine instruction. And number 10. Oh, this is very difficult for modern people to hear. Destroy, kill everything that breathes in the city of Jericho. So we have a view of Jesus. That's nice. Soothes you, comforts you, and here the same Jesus is to kill everything. If you don't believe me, turn to chapter 6 and verse 21. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. Men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. You see, all of a sudden, if you are not a Christian, you feel such hatred, such animosity toward this God. What right does he have to do it? Well, get rid of funny view of Jesus. He is God, he is Lord, he is judge, and he is savior. And all what he does is just and true. And then 11, burn the whole city with everything in it. And they did so. Look at chapter 6 and verse 24. They did so. According to divine order, it is time that we trembled before this Christ, the captain of the Lord's army, with their drawn sword in the midst. 
Thirdly, compliance to these instructions. Faith is the victory. Before they crossed the Jordan, they all agreed to be obedient to the Lord. Isn't that true? Isn't that what every Christian says at baptism? Now let me read to you what they said. This is divine demand that you must do everything I tell you. Do not turn to the right or to the left. And now let me read chapter 1 of Joshua beginning with verse 16. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And, what, and wherever you sent us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And now listen what the people said. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and be courageous. This is theocracy. This is God. This is not democracy. This is theocracy. God governing his people. They said, we will do it. Faith is the victory. Where there is faith, there is order and organization. There is no autonomy. There is no negotiation. Nothing. Listen to the language in chapter 6. God spoke to Joshua. Joshua speaks to the priests. And Joshua speaks to the people. And elsewhere we read, Joshua spoke to officers. And officers spoke to people. And they all hear and do what God is saying through Joshua, through the priests, through the officers. There is no autonomy. There is no rebellion. There is no disagreement. There is unity. They all submit and obey God and his delegated agents. It is the kingdom of God on the move, conquering and to conquer. The king of glory has come to bind the strong man and liberate his hostages like Rahab. So the people believes and obeys even when the word sounded irrational. It is God's word and it is powerful to say. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Let's find out what is God delighting in. 1 Samuel chapter 15. And verse 22, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. And we will never see victory until we operate on the basis of faith, which is obedience to God. So through the Lord, though the Lord revealed to Joshua everything, if you read chapter 6 carefully, it appears that Joshua revealed to the people only what they needed to hear for the day. The people did not know the whole story. This was a test of their faith, but faith is the victory. They believed the word that came to them daily. And they obeyed that word daily. They acted upon it and went back to the camp, having circled the city once in the prescribed order in the presence of the ark. Notice the ark is emphasized. It is stated nine times in this passage, speaking about the central importance 
of the presence of God. On the seventh day, they got up very early. It appears that the people still did not know what would happen in the end. They had to circle seven times, and at the trumpet blast, and at the command of Joshua, people were to shout, a great shout. And then they knew, verse 16, the city, for the Lord has given you the city, but still they don't know how it is going to happen. And then, at the end, they shouted at the right time, at the right signal, with great discipline. And what happened? Walls collapsed flat. This is also a test of faith. They are to circle the city altogether 13 times. Each time they circled, nothing happened. The walls stood there mocking them and challenging them. Come in! Then they did it second day, third day. Trial of their faith and trial of their patience. But they believed. That is, faith is the victory. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No matter which scientist and psychologist and philosopher says, I believe what God has spoken. And they did not become weary, they trusted God. They probably thought, He who dried up the mighty Jordan is mighty to conquer Jericho. Then they received the signal to shout a great shout. And to their amazement, the walls collapsed flat. And each man from every direction went straight ahead. And put everyone to death. And burned the city. But they saved Rahab and family whose wall alone did not collapse. Now take a look at it. The goodness and the severity of God. The kindness and the sternness of God. We must keep both in our mind. The judgment of God was long coming for the Canaanites and the Amorites. And we are told that in Genesis 15:16, God told to Abraham, their iniquity is not yet full. And God gives hundreds and hundreds more years for their iniquity to become full and overflowing so that judgment will come. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and he gives it to whomever he wills. The inhabitants of Canaan were wicked idolaters and demon worshippers. They mock the true God and his laws which are written in every human heart we are told. They knew the true God and yet they suppressed the truth and refused to worship him who is the creator. They worshipped worship demons and practiced all forms of lawlessness. And finally the time came for the true and living God to judge them. So St. Paul says in Romans 11 verse 22. It is written to the church. Consider therefore the kindness and the sternness of God. He is not a teddy bear. He is not the creation of human mind. He is objective God. Sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And yet the same chapter tells us 
in the gospel a righteousness of God is also re revealed to those who believe God is holy he is also love he is love but he is holy he judges but he also saves same Jesus Christ does it God saved Rahab because she trusted in the God of Israel and we are told here that he destroyed. It was he, not the people of Israel. It was he who destroyed every woman, every man, every child, every infant, every pregnant woman, every sheep, every cattle. If you are a child of God, you don't argue with him. And he did so because they chose to oppose him and not surrender to him as Rahab did. Let me tell you something. You cannot successfully and finally resist the captain of the Lord's army. Finally, the arrogant sinner loses and God wins. And God sends such arrogant sinners to hell forever. You see, there are people who would say God loves sinners, but he hates sin. As though sin exists outside of sentient beings. It doesn't exist as a powder outside of sentient beings so to say that it is silliness let me ask you does God send sin to hell or sinners to hell so let us get rid of silly idea look at the captain in chapter 5 verse 13 look at him and you see that he has a drawn sword in his hand look at him take a look and don't try to take that away from his hand. It is impossible for us to do that. But let me give you another picture of the same one. Look at his hands again. They are the hands of the crucified one. Jesus Christ received from God the Father the just punishment for the sin of all the elect of God. Rahab was an Amorite. She was a wicked prostitute. But Christ died for the Rahabs of the world. She received kindness on the basis of faith. While her fellow citizens experienced the severity of God's judgment. And we read in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 30 and 31. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. See these people believe. These people who were marching. They marched by faith in God's word. By faith. It says the walls of Jericho fell after the people marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab because she welcomed the spies that is believed was not killed with those who were disobedient. And he has the right to exterminate and destroy the disobedient. And so let me tell you now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Today God saves and the same gospel comes to us. Instead of walk around 13 times, sounds like foolishness. Today's word is what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And it sounds offensive to people. But I say to you, today believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Kiss the son. Surrender to the only savior, Jesus Christ. And all those who have trusted in Jesus Christ alone, you are eternally saved. March on with God. Pray earnestly. Study God's word. 
live by faith. Obey implicitly his commands. City of man shall fall. City of God shall stand forever. As the priests continually was sounding the trumpets. Let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. That God in Christ has come to save all the Rahabs of this city. Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. There is a righteousness of God for the ungodly to be received by faith. Ask the question, whose hearts are melting with fear? Not ours. Not ours. Our sin is dealt with. Our guilt is dealt with. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore we shall not fear. No, our hearts are not melting with fear. The hearts of unbelievers too melt with fear. In spite of their power and fame and wealth, they fear every day. Not only physical death, but eternal death. We don't fear that. In Christ, God's people triumph in life and in death. Therefore, be a Jonah. Proclaim, not that it is going to be destroyed. God saves sinners. And God shall save his people of this city. He will save them through you. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And let me read to you couple of scriptures there it is in the book of Acts chapter 18 God is speaking to Paul one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision verse 9 do not be afraid keep on speaking do not be silent see here it is God says don't be silent when we are silent when God says don't be we are committing a sin we have a great obligation to declare the gospel don't be silent for I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because what? I have many people in this city who depend on you to hear the gospel and be saved and turn 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you think these people are powerful and mighty, let me read to you the word of God and let us live by faith. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning with verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds, speaking about human reasoning. We are not no longer talking about a, a fortress, but human mind that is shut tight and refuses to open. To demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You see in the, in the book of Acts chapter 16, there is a woman, a seller of purple. And she was sitting there, her heart was shut tight, bolted. St. Paul preached and we are told God opened her heart. Hallelujah. To receive and respond to the gospel. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. 
Let's believe this truth. This is what God is saying. Add faith to the naked scripture. And God will deliver us and help us. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. By the cross, Jesus Christ has defeated all our enemies. That's why we don't crawl into a cave. We are God's people. We are Gideons. Gideons, come out of the cave. Put on the whole armor of God. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. March on, fight on. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And you shall see and rejoice greatly in the salvation of his people. I prophesy the barren shall bear children. Many children. Let's turn to Isaiah and verse 54. What did I say? The barren shall bear children, many children, by the miracle of God. And like Sarah, you shall also laugh with a supernatural laugh. Let me read to you what the scripture says. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy you who were never in labor because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband says the Lord enlarge the place of your tent stretch your tent curtains wide do not hold back lengthen your cords strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left your descendants will possess nations and settle the desolate cities do not be afraid for you will not suffer shame do not fear disgrace for you will not be humiliated you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood for your maker is your husband the Lord Almighty is his name the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer he is called the God of all the there is a time to shout there is a time to be silent we should shout when we must shout we should be silent when we must be silent Heavenly Father Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We believe in you. We believe in your son. We believe in your word. Help us, O oh God. Help us to put on the whole armor of God. Especially take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Help us, O oh God, to proclaim the gospel. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio on the book of Joshua with this message entitled, Faith is the Victory that Overcomes the World. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.